0: You can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The feed hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Feels weird. Haven't been here in
1: a while
2: same yeah welcome
1: back people probably think i don't Always. exist anymore <laughs> we're back to like the 2018 theory that zach was fake
2: i think <laughs> people
3: still think you exist because you're good at scheduling out linkedin posts and you don't die while mm. you're actually going to i'm play. gonna die one day and like my linkedin's just gonna post for three more weeks <laughs>
4: oh, <crap. laughs> i get um on facebook i get friend requests from my dead grandma because mm. they're like hacking her account or Oh, whatever. I thought
1: you meant she had service up there. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Is that too soon? It's
4: never too soon.
0: Never too soon. No. So
4: it's like, mm, Dola.
0: Dola. Dola.
4: Her name is Dola. Uh, That's weird.
1: I remember when my, uh, my mamaw, anime was like 83 years old when she got Facebook. And I was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. That's the end of Facebook for anybody that was still <laughs> on there. And left on... Erica likes it. You still... But you're like with your family and stuff, right? It's like how you keep up with them. Yeah. Yeah.
4: That's about it. It's overwhelming.
3: Yeah.
2: Marketplace. That's what it is.
4: I do sell a lot of stuff on Facebook Marketplace.
2: I just utilize people I know who have it because I don't use it at all. Yeah. Erica means she would...
1: She thinks about selling on there. The, if the uh, IRS is listening, she's never sold anything. Right. Nope. Never marketplace. sold counterfeit mm-hmm. boots. You know, they're hiring or- up all these people now to be able to investigate the little man. We don't talk about that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, you, you and I talked a little bit before the show, Derek, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm now confused because you said you've been fishing in Tennessee, mm-hmm. but you were also in Florida, I was. which are not necessarily close to each other
2: they're not so i was thinking about this the other day in the course of what was three weeks at the time i had fished everywhere from lake erie all the way down to the gulf that's pretty good because we started up in erie on our walleye trip and then the week after that i was fishing in florida at panama city beach Mm -hmm. and then about a week after that i was doing a bunch of fishing in tennessee um going down there and visiting my dad because he's moved down there now um so they're living on a lake down there, a small lake, and then we also met up with Caleb from Go Wild, Caleb Goss, Appalachian Assassin, and yeah, yeah. did a little creek wade one day for Smallmouth also.
1: Caleb is, like, whenever he gets tagged on a post, I know that the most insane knowledge is about to be dropped. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the dude knows his stuff. Oh, yeah.
2: Yep. No, he's very like, knowledgeable.
1: Jacob, no offense. Like, I tagged Jacob, and I know I'm about to give him some really good answers, but then Caleb comes in, and he's, like, talking about the breeding habits of, like, in the 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 nucleus of the the you know the eggs being i don't know i'm just making stuff up yeah. but like it's it's insane it's another level he goes to another level that i didn't know existed unless mm-hmm. you were like a field biologist yeah. level of nerd yeah he he knows his stuff oh yeah
2: yeah well, i mean he went to school for a lot of it too did he so, okay yeah. this is making sense now yeah he went to school for a lot of it and worked quite a well, I mean, his job more or less now deals with all that too, so, I mean.
1: Does it? Okay, you know him better. I mean, I only know him through his Go Wild content, yeah. which is never, like, professional. He's just talking about, mm-hmm. you know, all of his fishing. and it's fun. Everything. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, the yeah. Fun stuff.
2: And I, I think probably only half of what he actually does makes it on there too. That's oh, the really? other crazy part. I mean, he's just, he's always at it.
1: Versus me lately where I'm like, I caught this bluegill, and guess what? It's going on my time log because <laughs> that's all <laughs> I've gotten to do lately.
4: Wait, so you guys met on Go Wild?
2: Yeah, that's how I met Caleb initially but then we've met up and, and hunted and fished and stuff
4: how does that happen like you guys just talk on post and then all of a sudden yeah. you just slide into the dm it's the same way <laughs> that i mean
1: <laughs>
2: mike larson ended up
1: hunting turkey hunting with rick and they stayed at another mm-hmm. go wild mm-hmm. members yeah. cabin mm-hmm. and was that nick nate nate, nate, nate
2: that's who it was uh yeah just it's what we do very here, organic very organic yeah. but short of alabama i've fished in every state in these last, you know, month, basically from Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, didn't hit Alabama, but then Florida. So like draw a straight line from Erie to the Gulf I've, I guess I need to go to Alabama real quick and do some fishing. Yeah. Me.
1: You know, the irony, I got to go back to this. The irony of you asking him how it happened is like, he started posting on there and then he ended up working
2: here. Yeah. He just kind of yeah. got sucked in yeah. that way. Like <laughs> it's really true. from all directions. Yep. <laughs> it's very true. Uh, you missed Alabama, huh? Yeah. I missed Alabama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess I could always swing down there real quick. But. So the PCB thing's interesting
1: because you fish pretty close to there, quite a bit. Yeah, a couple of hours. Um, yeah. So, but it's like similar, yeah. more so than like when I'm asking you about South Carolina. They're very different because mm-hmm. um, it's clear water, uh, and we well, were talking. It's
3: Atlantic versus Gulf, right? And, mm-hmm. and but there's a lot of things that are different.
1: But the um, one of the biggest things I've noticed from like fishing on the Gulf. When I try to surf fish in South Carolina, it's just, like, how muddy look in the water. Like, the water is very uh, opaque almost (laughs) coming through compared to what you're fishing in. So I wanted to hear a little bit of, like, first tell the listeners, Derek, what you were doing and some of the fish you were kind of getting into, and I just want to hear Jacob's commentary on it because he's done this so much, and he's really probably the best surf angler I know Uh uh, personally. Like, there's a bunch of people on Go Wild that do it Mm that are probably, you know, more advanced because they do it all the time but like in kentucky Mm -hmm. jacob's one of the guys that does it the most that i hear so i kind of just want to hear his feedback on like what you were up to
2: yeah so we were just down there on vacation i was just fishing in the morning for like two ish hours Mm -hmm. give or take every morning wake up before everyone and get down there and just do a little surf fishing the What was the biggest problem I had while we were down there the whole time was the algae was very bad, Mm. the whole time we were down there. Um, There was one morning, even, the algae was very bad, and it was very choppy that morning. And I got out there, got one rod set, and by the time I got the second rod set, the waves, even with that three-ounce sinker on it, had washed my line completely up to me, and it was just caked in algae. So that morning, I was like, "Ah, I'm not getting any fishing in this morning. Um, But every other morning was fine, um, short of the algae, but like what are the fish do they like move
1: back behind the, like is that kind of caught up in the surf or like what do you what would you
3: do in that situation uh not the fish. easy answer <laughs> is go to the bayside uh yeah you know it really it kind of depends on what the vegetation is sometimes that stuff will keep carry with it microorganisms that then bring in like the yeah. bait fish and mm-hmm. you know so on and so forth so it just kind of depends honestly it's more frustrating as in as an angler because that stuff is constantly getting on your line and you're you know you're pulling through all that crap uh and i don't think the fish can see it as well if your stuff is up in all the the grasses and everything and so uh you know i would definitely just kind of pull it in at that point go to the bay try to find somewhere that's cleaner water
2: which if i was down there more for me and just Fishing. On a fishing trip, I definitely would have done that. But this was, you know, the girlfriend's family's vacation. I'm just the tag along there. I have a couple hours every morning, so I'm just going to run down to the beach real quick and fish for a little bit. Um, So I had all intentions of having, like, one rod out, kind of like surf fishing, and then I was going to be doing a lot of casting, spinning with another rod. Um, Jacob got me hooked up with all the stuff I needed for that. Well, I found out very quickly, mainly due to that algae, that like, this wasn't going to work. Uh, I needed to get out past that algae. So what i do, I ended up rigging up the other rod as a surf rod also. And I just used basic pompano rig, three-ounce sinker on the bottom of it. Uh, bought The first night we were there at Walmart, bought some fish bites, which I know, like, hit or miss. Um, but it was something. And what I would do is I would wait out pretty much as far as I could wait out. Usually, like, almost up past my shoulders and then cast as far as I could. And you get a good cast with that three-ounce sinker on mm-hmm. the bottom I mean, You're throwing a bowling ball out there. And then keep the bale open, walk all the way back to the beach, close the bale. I had two rod holders, set them in the rod holders, get just enough, sl- like, tension on that line where they're just going straight out. Set the drag real loose and just wait. And it was a lot more fun than I thought it would be, actually. Um, caught a few whiting. And I ended up using the whiting as bait, was just cutting them up and putting them on the pompano rigs and then caught black tip shark that we were talking about. And then the last day we were there, I hooked into something huge, no idea what it was, fought for about a minute, saw it splash on the surface one time, and then it cut the line completely off, never saw it again. And I'm thinking there was some bigger sharks in the area that day because later in the day when we were on the beach – like, helicopters are flying around a lot. There's people with pickup trucks driving up and down the beach looking out with binoculars. Dudes with jet skis way out past everybody looking for something. Um, and then, what are they? The Ramira? Is that what they're called? The fish that attach to the sharks? I don't know what they're called. I, I want to say they're called Ramiras. They got, like, a really crazy-looking top of their head, and that's, like, how they attach to the shark. But that morning, like, several of them were washed up on the beach dead. I'm like, well, if these guys are in the area, you have to think that probably a shark is, too. Yeah. Where I were I mean, you? I thought he was a firefighter, but he sounds like a detective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Panama City Beach. Okay. well, That's weird. We'll so, there. you were there this week? No, this was the beginning of this month. If, oh, if this has, has been, the, yeah, the well, nightmarish currents. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I was going to say, Donovan was just there last week. Okay. Yeah. No, so this
2: is the beginning of this month, and mm-hmm. then the next week was when we were down in Tennessee visiting my dad.
1: What did you catch in Tennessee? A
2: lot of <laughs> bass. um so the lake that he lives on has tilapia in it actually Mm. um they stock it with tilapia and so i was trying to catch them and i thought it would be easy and apparently it's not but i also didn't put a whole lot of effort into it i only took the kayaks down there i think if i had taken my boat out and actually got out further Mm. on the lake i probably would have had better luck with it um but we caught a lot of largemouth on the lake uh, that he's living at and I was telling Jacob, I was, it, it's a tricky lake because it's not very, it's not one of those lakes where you cast and you're gonna get a bite every few casts. Like you had to fish for a while, but when you did get a hit, it was a nice size bass. Um, we caught several, probably three ish pounders, um, and then some a little smaller than that, but not a whole lot of fish off that lake. But the ones you did catch were quality. Dang. And then we went and did the. Uh, creek wade one day for smallmouth and that day it, it rained the whole time we were down there and that's kind of a joke with me and Caleb every time we go hunting or fishing together it's just always flat pouring rain so I was like oh, am I even here if it's not raining like so we were doing that uh creek wade and just getting dumped on and at one point when we first got out there I mean it was thunderstorms we just kind of took cover for a little bit and let it pass and then got back out there but really nice small mouth fishing on that lake Caleb caught probably six or seven uh, one was very nice. I caught a decent one, uh, and then some smaller ones. And then uh, my girlfriend was able to catch her first smallmouth, and it was a really nice one too. So, really good, really good fishing. So, when you going back for Alabama? I don't know. Uh, tomorrow. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you work. could make it. Yeah, that's uh, that's the only one I didn't hit in uh, all those states. But
1: yeah. I already told some of you guys the story, but I'll tell it again. My my funny vacation story was, like, we get there, we get unpacked, and my wife has been, like, sitting over in the corner on her phone while I'm unpacking. She's laughing. She's like, look at this video. She hands me a video of a guy in South Carolina in, in the city we're in, and he um, is fishing in a pond. It's a brackish pond. And all of a sudden, you see this gator swimming, like, full speed at this <laughs> dude. And then he's – 10 feet from the bank Mm -hmm. and then the gator is out and it's the full run like not that lazy walk they do on like he's got legs out and full run the dude sprints away the thing probably chases him 20 feet and uh, she's like yeah that's crazy and i'm like yeah that is crazy (laughs) and that's all we talked about and then like the next day i didn't fish uh i think that was the night we got there i didn't fish on Sunday. And I, I we're staying next to this brackish pond, which I didn't know was brackish till last year. I thought it was fresh, and then uh, the was, I'm texting with Jacob, and I'm like, "Yeah, I think like like this could be really good," because we're I'm showing him on the map. There's all these channels that come into it, uh, and creeks, and like all these different ways this is connected to salt. And I'm like, A- and the. Uh, the fish are just like, there's mullet coming out all over the place. And I'm telling Jacob about it. And he's like, dude, like he, he I can like hear Jacob getting excited <laughs> through the text messages of like, we're talking about, I'm sending him pictures of it. And, uh, he's like, yeah, man, that's gonna be really good. So the next morning I'm like, well, the, uh, the lady last year when I was down here told me to, um, fish with either live or dead like frozen shrimp on those brackish ponds, which was different than, like, I was fishing those frogs and the mm-hmm. cooter smacks, like, fishing it like a bass pond. And she's like, no, nah, it's not what you want to do. So I get the, the frozen shrimp. I walk out at, like, 530 in the morning real happy with – or maybe 6, at 6 o'clock, like, real pumped to catch some fish. I cast three times. I get a hit, um, but I had to rebate. And on that last cast, i look out, and there's a gator sitting right in the middle of the water, maybe – 30 yards from me and I'm like oh that's weird like he came out of nowhere (laughs) like I didn't see him before and I cast a couple more times and and then he starts slowly coming in and then the third cast like while it's still midair all of a sudden, I can see the full like wide strokes of his tail, and he's probably like six feet—not a monster, but also like I'm six feet, and I'm like I'm very outmatched in this. <laughs> right? It's like this doesn't end well for Brad. Uh, maybe there's something that people that fish these kind like you're talking about, uh, like maybe uh, Corey, right, or Caleb. Sorry, like maybe people that fish around yeah. like do this more often would know what to do. I'll tell you what I did. I left. <laughs> so I, I'm just like, nope. I just saw the video of the the gator chasing the dude out of there and at the end of it is the game warden saying like a fed gator's a dead gator if they're coming if they're, they're swimming at you like this they're going to be aggressive when they get to this like the whole thing so mm-hmm. like all oh, right gosh. i'm outy so <laughs> i left and i get back at the house to get my one wheel to go down to the beach and my wife's like what are you doing i'm like well i was out back and the a gator kind of ran me out of the pond and so now I'm going to go to the beach. She's like, I thought you were going to the beach the whole time. I literally showed you the video of the gator chasing the guy <laughs> to tell you not to fish back there. I tried there. to warn yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and because last year I, I had probably told the story on here of like I was fishing with those frogs and my $12 frog got stuck in that tree. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I, I've casted with this thing like maybe five minutes. I'm getting my frog back. So I waded up to my thighs in, in the water and I knew there were gators back there yeah. to get the, the frog. Loose and I got in trouble for that too because I came in and she's <laughs> like, Why are you wet? That was last year. She's like, Why are you wet after fishing back there? I was like, Well, there's a situation. <laughs> this is like two years in a oh, row because then, um,
3: it's a
4: $12 frog. Yeah, I was like, It's 12
1: bucks. <laughs> and I, ju- I just bought it. And then, uh, the next like later that morning when I went out there where I had just waded through, there was literally a gator sitting where my foot stepped looking at me down this embankment. So, uh, anyways, Brad's. Forbidden from fishing the brackish water uh, the pond behind the cabin anymore, or the, the the beach house. But uh, I ended up, I finally caught something surf fishing yep. after years of trying and having no idea what I was doing. I first started this with fish bites mm-hmm. uh, on 30A, uh, a little bit. I believe it's north from where you mm-hmm. were yep. <clears throat> originally, um, and did horrible. Had no idea what I was doing that year. It was 2019. And then I've been back to South Carolina a couple of times, but at first, you know, was trying fish bites and trying, like, a lot of the casting stuff that I think Jacob has done and it sounds like you were trying to do mm-hmm. in the in, in the golf. But the guy last year finally told me, he's like, dude, you can, he's like, you can, but there's no structure over there and the water's really dark. And he's like, you're pretty much going to have to just use – dead shrimp or live, live bait. Like it's just, it's so much harder because the the scent is all that matters. Mm -hmm. And so I did that this year. I finally listened to the powers that uh, are the people that know of the, like the local guide was telling me last year to use shrimp and I didn't do it. And then my fishing guide, like the actual guy that took me out on that fun trip last year, uh, george tangalos out of fripp island told me finally so i finally just was like i'm gonna buy some shrimp and just leave them in the freezer and that was the hot ticket so caught a hammerhead one morning caught a stingray and i bet that was really funny to watch because there was like you know the whole thing where we are is like always watching for stingrays because there's so many yeah. of them and i get that thing up on the water and i, I sent jacob a picture of just the stingray and the surf. And I'm like, the, and you can clearly see my pompano rig on it. And I'm like, the moment you realize you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> yep.
4: Well, how do you take off? Exactly, the Erica. And, and like in the
1: moment I'm like, well, I don't want to kill this stingray, but also I don't know what I'm doing. So I didn't Google it. Uh, I just carried it up to my bag and flipped it over, which I later learned is controversial on if you should flip over a stingray on its back or not. Don't, uh,
4: don't they have, like, the tail that's going to yeah, stay Yeah, they have a barb.
1: You? Yeah. Stay Now, that <laughs> would be, like, crazy rare. But it is apparently very, very painful to be stung by one. Mm-hmm. And you have to uh, – someone was telling me early, a few weeks ago, you, to get the barb out, you have to, like, sit in scalding hot water. And let it soak, and to get—I don't know—I've never done this, but that's what I was told. You have to pee on it. Yeah, that's
3: <laughs> yeah. No, it's stingray poop jellyfish oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: there has to be running poop so it's got to be after like Wait, coffee someone uh, poop
3: on my- but no i
1: said i basically flipped it over i put my bag on it this is so overkill after like after i did it i realized how stupid i probably looked but i'm like i don't know how much they flop around because the only stingrays i've ever caught were last year on that boat but these those were like massive stingrays super scary barb situation and we mm-hmm. didn't even mess with them he's just cutting line and like you can have the hook right but this was my only, only popping on rig, and yeah. I'm like, I'm not giving it up. Uh, also, like, I just felt I was like looking at it, and I'm like, I can get this out if I can get him flipped over. So it came right out. Um, and then was I, it in its mouth. Yeah, it was a good hook set, and everything okay. like everything was perfect. Uh, but then I was like, oh, I gotta get this back to the water because I'm an idiot <laughs> and carried it all the way up to my bag, and I'm like trying to pick him up by my hand, and I couldn't really it wasn't a big stingray it was mm-hmm. fairly small he's like this like well pipe light if you can't can't see and you're not watching the video uh, but so then i'm like plier carrying him back which i'm sure wasn't great but uh it, it got him in there and he lived he didn't float up like the hammerhead did a couple times oh. uh, <laughs> I, he, I didn't see him anymore so like i don't know it's the ocean nothing goes to waste I figured it out yeah but then i caught what jacob thought was a blue a small blue yeah, a little blue fish yeah which I didn't even. I, he's like, those are fun fight, and I'm like, I want to be honest with you. He hit hard, and then I, I thought he was gone. I, I didn't even know my three ounce weight felt like more of a fight than I think that fish did.
3: Well, I mean, bluefish they get. Well, this was a size. super small one too. Yeah. You saw my
1: picture. I mean, yeah. I've got. I mean, it's like the. It would have been a small bass. I mean, it was mm-hmm. not a big fish. So, yeah, but I actually caught
3: some stuff, which like one fish per day, <laughs> which is better than normal. See, I I haven't had as much luck fishing on the Atlantic side in the surf as I have on the Gulf side. I think it has a lot to do with that, that there's more visibility. The fish are hunting a lot more like visually. And so you can get them to chase the paddle tails and stuff from the beach. But on the Atlantic side, like it is hard because it's sometimes the, the surf is so much stronger that it's just difficult to fish. Well, and the
1: beach I'm fishing too is, um, you know, I, I I did go out like we talked about and trying to find those troughs Mm -hmm. where the, uh, like I found those at low tide and it looked like I didn't check the date on the Google satellite imagery, but it looked fairly recent because it was lining up pretty well Still with pretty where close. they were. Yeah. And so I was when I when I didn't know a spot I was kinda of banking on that, but I was telling Derek, this beach at low tide is a hundred yards. So I know there's a trough in there. But you imagine with water over it trying to pick the ten foot spot where there's a trough on a football field, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm casting and I'm like I'm, I'm basically just experimenting with it because, like, from what I understand, this is interesting to get your feedback. For A guy one year in Florida told me, he's like, Now you want to be casting in the surf. Everybody thinks you need to cast out past it for the big fish, but the big fish are actually in the surf. This is a local guy that seemed to know what he was talking about. And so I've always thought about that. I'm like, if I'm getting too far out there behind it, n- n- there's no activity, right? The fish are coming in for the bait fish in the surf. So I'm trying to stay there. But I'm also like, well, I think I'm past this trough, which is where Jacob was saying the predators would be coming through. So it was, a little, it's a little challenging
2: because you have such a wide. It's not like PCB where yeah. the, you have the, we're, the tide doesn't even move. Yeah, I, I noticed that pretty quickly when we were there. I'm like, the difference between high and low tide is not much. Yeah.
3: The good thing about on the Gulf side where we have been going the last few years in Florida is that if you find fish one morning it's not going to change a ton over the rest of the week. And so usually I, I, I will go straight to that spot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way the the troughs are and the current and all that stuff, like they will be back there the next day. Uh, but I'm t- the the ocean on the Atlantic side is so much stronger that it yeah. I think it affects a lot more than the Gulf. Well,
1: I, I'm just happy I finally got something. Uh, but the where I was hitting the best, uh, kind of like you said, it was the same spot so this tide pool where we were setting up on every day for the kids it was awesome i mean it's truly like the best beach spot we've ever had we had this deep tide pool and then when high tide came in the kids are like getting swirled all (laughs) over the place like they loved it uh but what was happening was that tide pool was draining out and it had cut a trough on the drain too so i was that's where i was getting the having the best luck on getting bites but man the only thing about fishing with shrimp is like the tail will stay, but I was I was cutting them in half. I don't know if it's what you're supposed to. Do. I was just making it up as I go. Uh, but if I didn't cut them in half, it was too much weight and they were flying off. Because you like Derek said, you got to like heft this thing out there. Mm-hmm. And so I would cut it off and then try to. I, the last day, I finally developed a uh, proprietary way to hook the top of the shrimp to where it was staying. And I, I was getting like I would you know five minutes, bring it back in just to see if it was still there. And, like, three casts out of one top. And that was, like, my big win, man. Figured it out. Yeah, like, the last day, which is literally the day we were leaving. I convinced my wife to leave a couple hours late to fish that morning. So... That's it, man. That's my I story. I can't wait. It's All not right. even that good of a story, but uh, I was pumped because it was like finally put put something together myself
3: on the beach. We'll be down there at the end of this month, down in in the Gulf again, and I've already got like my spots scoped out, the oyster beds that I'm gonna go fish with the kayak. Yeah, I can't wait to get down
1: there, dude. I was thinking about it after I, I'm gonna next year. I'm gonna do a little bit more satellite on the research. Cause I think I could get down to before you've told me it's like down at the point you're like, man, that's where you should go. Uh, but I was like, I don't know, man, I said, that's a long way on the one wheel in the dark, but on the beach, I think I could cut that. That's, that's like two miles. I think I could cut that pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I'm moving, I'm doing like 12 miles per hour on the beach, uh, with that one wheel. It, I'm telling you like for where I am, cause that sand gets compacted it is the ultimate surf rig dude like yeah, i just load up my backpack I, Now, if i was carrying like multiple rods and a wagon like a lot of these guys do i wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to do it but you could i was popping around i would fish here for like 20 minutes but eh, i don't know I don't, maybe i'm not in a good spot and i'd move like 150 yards down and i'd be there like that you know yeah it, it's awesome
3: yeah you should so, go hit that jetty for sure yeah i'm kind of thinking about it
1: so yeah. we'll see but I had a good time but now my like i'm kind of that, that, I don't have a big any like excursions left in the year, so we'll see. I was going to try to do something new for hunting this year, but I don't know. All right now I'm living very
3: day-to-day, week-to-week, just yeah. doing some local bass fishing. We're going to go do some, yeah. some fishing in North Carolina. Yeah. Dan, Braden, and myself here soon. Um, species is still up for grabs. So we're going to wait and see what the weather's like. Got that trip, and then the Florida trip will be my... Cause I I do like what Derek's saying. The, you know, the kids, my kids, wake up early, so they're usually up about six six thirty, something like that. But I'll get up at five five thirty, get the coffee, get out to the beach, fish for a couple hours, so that by the time they're done with breakfast, now I'm loading up the chairs and going out to the beach, and that is the best time of day. I mean, I've I've caught more fish during those first couple hours of daylight than anything else. So yeah. that would be my my week here in a couple weeks. That's what
1: I was doing, but my kids were waking up early and driving my wife nuts and then they're mm-hmm. waking up the youngest and so like derek's like yeah it's like two easy hours i'm like there is no easy like once my <laughs> kids are up at six or six 30 it was over because they wake up and it's light and then i mean it's 6 a.m and it's light outside Well,
3: and where we've been going we stay on the beach which is extremely helpful mm-hmm. um because then my wife can just send the kids out like the boys will just come yeah out that's and cool hang out they not fish, possible where chase i was. Crabs. yeah it does help we were we fortunate did, to be able to do We did do
2: some uh, crab hunting a couple nights. I never experienced anything like oh, that. Oh yeah. Before. The little yeah. ones? Yeah, just no. the little guys. Oh dude, it's fun. It was fun, yeah. It's
3: nuts.
1: Yeah. It's like I mean Yeah. Yeah. You went to yeah, you and I stayed at the same place, well, different mm-hmm. times. Like she's been uh, did do you know that Erica's been to that resort too? That you were asking about? Oh, the big one? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was there That's like a few like, months later, I think. Yeah. Um the uh but the the Panama City crabs are crazy. I didn't know there's a there. lot of ways you could interpret that. Yes. You know, <laughs> spring break. But I didn't
2: know what was going on and it's like the first night like a second night. The explosion of flashlights on it, the beach. The first night was really rainy and we just kinda stayed in. But the second night, I'm sitting up on the balcony out looking I'm like, Why? This it looked like a scene from rescue. like it almost looked like a scene from Apocalypse Now or yeah. something. Because like way down on the beach someone had this huge bonfire going, so you could see this Fire burning, and then there's just, like, lights everywhere on the beach, flashlights, everyone's scanning. I'm like, what is going on? Like, they're crab hunting. Somebody
3: lost a baby.
4: (laughs) Oh, my God. Did they (laughs) uh,
1: they not – this is a super ignorant question, but, like, South Carolina is very diligent on the sea turtle protection. And when I went to (laughs) Panama City, (laughs) I'm like, there's no amount of that. Like, do they not – Nest there as much. i don't know
3: because it's awesome where we go in saint george island it's the same way they they are diligent about the lights even the lights on the house there which just, i think is good yeah yeah they but, want you turning everything but PCB, off pcb like the light leak lights. is awful yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just written, written i mean
1: they, yeah they got red lights on the outside of the building but like they i mean it's a city the it's just like
2: lights yeah. freaking everywhere right? oh yeah oh yeah. yeah okay very touristy yeah yeah yeah. But we did see some sea turtles. I um, assume they were sea turtles. I if mean, I'd turtles known, out in the ocean. So I didn't know.
1: realize you were going there. I would have sent you to Authentica, which is a, a hole-in-the-wall Mexican restaurant that I, <laughs> I sent Donovan there. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, dude, that that is the
2: best it was he's like a, it's stumbling distance from my uh my hotel we we did uh we did a lot of eating in which was good yeah. for a lot of reasons but a, a, a few times we would go out and hit like the real touristy spots yeah to go oh hit or whatever go geez. to sharkies yeah. or whatever but yeah
1: but authentica they, they, they're that. walking around with like a platter of tequila shots uh, you can get lingua oh, so that's always yeah, when you know yeah, like you place n- thing, you <laughs> know um yeah dude it was it was awesome I like, have to remember
2: that if we go back.
1: Yeah, my sister had COVID there. We were, she's like, I, I ate half of her taco and drank half of her margarita because oh. she didn't want it, and uh, she's like, it tastes funny. Turns out she just didn't have taste. I didn't get COVID from her
4: though. Maybe so. the lingua.
1: Yeah, maybe that saved me. Uh, Superfood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or
4: mm-hmm. the tequila. It's a little like
2: known fact th- about lingua. Yeah. It wards it's off COVID. It was the
4: tequila. <laughs> Thing we're going up to Michigan in a couple of weeks on Lake Huron, mm-hmm. big camping adventure, and we're talking to some like charters or guides up there to take us out. I don't have one solidified yet, and I also don't know what we're fishing, I just want to do it. Oh, that's well
3: so How just are like you, perch
2: Walleye?
4: Any of those,
3: those would both be great to eat. Yes, yeah, okay, those good. are the top two. Smallmouth wow. is fun, but if you're gonna eat them yeah we we have a
4: we have a large group of us going up like maybe five different families and we were talking about it this weekend and we were like what are we gonna do when we get them like how are we gonna bring them back and they're like no we'll just cook them over the campfire you dummy and i was like oh yeah yeah you
3: should
2: put them in a cooler ice too that's how you get them back Eh. (laughs) okay no. We'll
4: Not just a eat big eat them cooler fan. That's <laughs> too much to like. You really don't like bring coolers? <laughs> back.
3: Uh.
4: You know? No. I don't all. know. Well, like when you're packing your camper up there, you're also packing like a bunch of stuff. Uh. I don't want to pack like a cooler full of fish.
1: We saw a guy come back from South Carolina <laughs> and we're we're just getting going. And. I have this thing where, like, I get super annoyed with people that, I don't know why, this is just the stupidest thing to get annoyed by, but if you drive around with a cargo container on top of your car, and you do not pack your car to the brim to where you needed that, like, mm-hmm. it annoys me, and mm-hmm. I, I don't, it's just because, like, I'm like, you're losing gas you waste mileage, your gas. they're they're loud, they're hard to get into, so I, like, I don't understand people that refuse to, like, pack the car to its max potential before going to that, so like this always comes up every trip. The I I'm like I mean just look you can see straight through this car. Like obviously did not even try to pack it. And I'm sorry, Eric is kind of eyeing me. Maybe Tim does this. Maybe Tim's a no a, oh. no 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 no. no. <laughs> they have a camper, so they just we don't have a, a cargo thing. But the so this is like an ongoing thing. But then we were coming back, and I'm coming up on the CRV and this dude has a one of those yeti coolers that's a bag cooler but it kind of collapses down to a flat point on the top he's got it roped onto the top of his car Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm coming up on it and it's like real weird looking um and i i said i told my wife i'm like look at this guy putting stuff on his roof like you can clearly see there's nothing in the back and then she's like well that's kind of weird i was like yeah plus whatever's in there it's going to be cooking The whole time he's going back, this cooler is going to be like, if he's got ice in there, it's going to be nothing but water with whatever he's got. She's like, well, maybe it's fish. Maybe it stinks. I was like, that's possible but if it's fish it's really going to stink get, like wonder where he's going he we get up and we see the Indiana license plate and <laughs> I go I go. this is starting to make sense <laughs> and then we get a little closer and he's got a, a, a University of Louisville sticker oh, on the back and I'm like, me? I'm like this is this is uh, all coming together all you gotta, questions uh, answered you uh, yeah you know, like they, that's why they, they don't know to do better than that
4: I was eyeing you because I was thinking of something else that also irked me like that um, do we have time for like a five minute I mean, story. Yeah, yeah. okay so well, we went to greece a couple weeks ago brag um but when we did that i feel weird saying like we went to greece,
1: greece, greece indiana yeah. greece i don't know greece, if that's greece. a
2: thing i made it up nope um <laughs> there's a john the f- prine song there <laughs> the first
4: part of the trip we went to crete which is an island on in greece um and we did this hike and it was supposed to be a ten mile hike. Somehow it turned into a thirteen mile hike. It went from like four thousand feet down to sea level. Um, it was there were it was awful. <laughs> it was amazing and awful at the same time. That's the best
2: kind of experience, yeah.
4: Because it wasn't like the national parks in America where there's like for real paths. It was like rocks everywhere. So imagine thirteen miles of. Not gravel either, like boulders and also rocks that were maybe like eight inches big. And the whole time you couldn't really look at what you were. Actually, trying to see like the vegetation and the wildlife and the big gorge, like you had to look down the entire time at your feet and like where you were stepping. That night, all four of us dreamt of like foot placement because we had done. It took us six and a half hours to do it's it, commitment. and we were one of the first people that finished it. So it was beautiful. We hiked down the gorge, and it went from like beautiful. Um, trees and evergreens and then down to like this very hot ravine where there's like a gorge that's thousands of feet up and it was beautiful. However, um, also like every mile or two, there was like a bathroom where it was basically a wooden area and there was a hole in the ground. This was a hole in the ground. Yeah, it has a hole in the ground. So we get, and there was also, um, spring water going through it. So you could fill up your water container. So we get to the first spot and basically everyone, there's like thousands of people, not thousands, I'd say there's hundreds of people that were probably going through it this day. It wasn't like we were around people all the time because it was 13 miles of it. But the very first stop, a lot of people stopped because you don't know where the next one is and like you're drinking water, whatever. So a bunch of people are stopping for this bathroom and I'm in line. And I'm gonna, I've already told Jacob this story. I'm going to be a real jerk for talking about this family, but here we are. Um, so there's this family in front of me in line and it was like a mom and a dad and three or four kids. And they were all between probably 10 and 15 years old, like maybe three girls and a boy. And they're ahead of us. They're in their like Patagonia outfits with their shirts and their shorts. I'm such a biatch. (laughs) Um, and it looked like they were one of those families that had like the, um, sweaters like tied over their shoulders mm, right okay yes yeah, the preppy little patagonia family which is great like i'm glad you're out hiking i wasn't judging them at that point okay that's <laughs> um, so we're in the line for this bathroom and i did not know it was a hole in the ground either um so the boy goes first and he comes out and tells the rest of the family um hey there's no toilet paper and i i I don't think anything of it because that's just life and, like, I'm not trying to take a poop either. So, whatever. And the three girls look back at mom. The dad's – he's not in line. And they're, like, wide-eyed, like, holy shit, what are we going to do? And the mom is, like, wide-eyed too. And she goes, um, I think we should turn around and, like, (laughs) not go to the bathroom. And I'm just over here and there's, like, what? And – um, so the two girls, two of the three girls get out of line and they turn around and go to dad. And the one girl goes, what do you, I, I kind of have to go. And the mom goes, well, I think like, if you don't really have to go, you should wait for like the next one. And meanwhile, you don't know like when the next one's going to be. This is too Or if it's going to gonna have
2: toilet paper. Yeah. Right. Like wait you don't.
4: for what? Yeah. Like, and also there were. There's no just stopping to squat on the side of this trail. Like, that's just not going to happen. There were people coming and going, like, you better go to the bathroom now. And so the mom goes, I mean, listen, daddy has napkins back there, but it's like, it's not enough for everyone. And so if you don't really have to go, like, we shouldn't use it. We should basically, like...
2: Times are tough for the Patagonia family.
4: Yeah, we should basically, like, conserve this napkin. For the rest of the trip. And the girl goes, I still think I'm I'm gonna go. And the mom goes, I mean, what about chafing? And oh my I was gosh. like, What in the hell? This was loud enough for everyone to hear. And I was <laughs> like, Chafing, what are you doing? And the girl goes, Um, what? Is that where that comes from? And the mom goes, Yeah and so the girl was like well I st- I still think I'm, I'm gonna go and the mom like turns around and leaves or whatever and I'm I'm just like don't look at them don't look at them don't look at them like I can't do this and finally like the line continues to move and the mom comes back up to the little girl and gives her like this little inch worth of napkin and she's like here you go I got this from daddy um But listen, like if you don't have to use all of it, don't because we really need to conserve it. I
3: would have messed with that poor girl (laughs) when mom walked away.
4: I wanted to be like, I'd be like, I never
3: used toilet paper. You're okay. Yeah.
4: (laughs) I wanted to be like, it's okay. You're not gonna like unless you just pee all over yourself. You're you're gonna be fine. It was the weirdest. And so at that moment, I knew that this was probably their first hiking.
3: I want to see their Instagram posts from this trip. Yeah. Talking I about how rugged, outdoorsy they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was
4: bizarre. Like, yeah. I'm glad that they were getting out and doing the thing because it was a pretty intense yeah. um, hike. But also, I was like, "Is this conversation so is out this of touch?" Happening? That's
2: where those outrageous reviews come from. It's like the, the scenery is beautiful, but there was no toilet, no paper, toilet paper in the bathroom. Yeah. one star. Yeah, my
1: our w-
3: family had to share one square. <laughs> <laughs> I went to
1: uh, France in. Two thousand five with uh as we were graduating and like it was a bunch of kids. It was one of those educational tours. We had uh France, Italy, and Spain, and uh in France we hit one of those bath public bathrooms that had the holes in the ground mm. and we're a bunch of American idiots mm-hmm. hitting this wide open. Everybody's like, Oh my god <laughs> uh, You know? And this one of my redneck uh classmates comes back out of the bathroom. And had ripped his shirt sleeve off. (laughs) What? (laughs) he's he's walking around with one shirt sleeve on because they're like they didn't have toilet paper. Uh, It's like so. I think he ended up ripping the other shirt sleeve off, if I remember correctly. Just rocket. Yeah, to like at least balance it out and not create as many questions. Uh, We we were already obviously American. It's funny because they tell you like they're like don't wear big logos uh of brands because that that's how they spot the americans for pickpocketing and then like after being there for five minutes i was like you don't have to have that mm-hmm. kind of flag to know that we're the idiots like you know <laughs> there's a lot of other stuff about it, yeah. it says we're the americans <laughs> yeah it's johnny it's, doesn't have sleeves right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy's nickname is uh boo bear boo bear, yeah, boo bear. so that really starts to see a big boy no I think huh. that's a little ironic In the uh,
2: Yeah I, I have a picture in my mind Yeah I'm picturing Boo Bear And I don't think it's right mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right Let's wrap this one up uh, Appreciate y'all listening I'm glad I got to come back On the show I've been on for a while have So You've been absent mm-hmm. man? Been absent I've been been here But not in here mm-hmm. uh, For the podcast So it's fun to get to come on And BS around with you guys So uh i don't you guys may have changed the sign-off rules now i don't even know it's been so many episodes but i'm gonna do what i always do of thanks for listening make sure you log this on go wild Uh, go to the plus sign hit log time outdoor podcast you can find this podcast up at the top have uh derek erica jacob and myself brad on here give us a tag and let us know what you thought of uh erica's poop story or pee story maybe. It's kind it's really. it's it's of chafing uncensored. story. We, yeah, we didn't really know it's where it was going to go. It's, it's just, not just an a un- chafe. uncensored
2: episode. No, no white story.
1: Yeah, you let us know if you think it was a poop or pee situation. Yeah. <laughs>